What's the podcast that you like the Disney news and views? First name Diz, last name Dark, A-T-R. We're a UK podcast, please don't hold that against me. First name Diz, last name Dark, A-T-R. After Dark, After Dark. This show is Diz After Dark. So tell your friends about it, say it loud and say it proud. First name Diz, last name Dark, A-T-R. Hello and welcome to another edition of Diz After Dark. I am Nick, as usual, and this week I'm joined by P-Dubs himself, Paul Washington. Hello. And also by Ryan. Hello there. How are we all? Good, good, good. Very good. Is someone colouring in? It sounded like someone was colouring in. Because no. I mean, if someone is coloring in, I want to join. That's that's literally the only reason why I'm asking. Can you imagine? Yeah, I'm just saying coloring in for a yeah. hours. <laughs> Mate, if I could tie that in, if I could podcast recording coloring, I think my life would be made. <laughs> anyway, enough about that nonsense. Uh, it's Bank Holiday Monday here in the UK when we record this. It's also um, Bank Holiday Monday in the US, isn't it? It's yeah. Memorial Day um, weekend. Yeah. It most certainly is. Don't we? A weekend where you don't want to be in Disney World. Yeah, or anywhere in America, to be honest. I remember oh. uh, someone, one of my cousins went to Vegas for Memorial Day weekend, and uh, yeah, it was like gridlock. God. Sod that. Um, is, does that usually happen? Do we normally have Memorial Day and our bank holiday at the same time? I don't know. I've never noticed that before. Maybe I'm just dumb. Well, I know no, I'm dumb. No, I didn't know that we had bank holidays that crossed over. No. Because even things like, well, the only one, I mean, it's not a bank holiday, but like Father's Day is the same day in America and the UK. But Mother's, Mother's Day, Day yeah, Mother's Day is like two months out. Very odd. Don't understand that one at all. I know we can be behind on things, but I mean, that is really, that's something else, isn't it? Um, right, so yes, it's only the three of us tonight. Because of it being a bank holiday, it means that people are preoccupied. Um, well, in fact, Craig is, is doing his best to make sure that uh, Endgame tops the Blue Smurfs from the top spot. <laughs> He's off to see that again. I think that's his third time. Yeah, I think it might be. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure that uh, I'm sure he's seen it twice now, and this will be his third. Which is interesting because I've only seen it three times. Uh, sorry, I've only seen it twice. Yeah, um, I've only seen it twice. Yeah, and I've, I saw I saw Infinity War three times. It's just, it's just the running time. It doesn't put me off seeing it again. It's just that I know that it's effectively just over four hours out of my day. That's the thing, isn't it? Like, yeah. I, I don't know about you, but I only get like usually two days off a week, which is the weekend, and it's basically half a day of my weekend taken out if if I go and see it. Well, I mean, technically, I think me and P Dubs are the same. We we like you. We do get uh, two days off. Um, at the weekend, yeah. but we have children, yeah, and that's not showing off. That's not showing off. That's just just a matter of fact. And yeah, I mean, effectively, when that happens, then you're restricted down to about half a day. I think uh, this weekend's been terrible for me because uh, I decided at the weekend to watch some wrestling live, which meant I wasn't going to get much sleep. I thought I'd be all right. The kids won't get me up too early, and um, I, I didn't watch it all. I tapped out probably about. 2.30 ish in the morning but I got woken up at 6 Ooh. and uh, I fell asleep watching The Secret Life of Pets 2 at the cinema 
which I never do. I never fall asleep in the cinema. That's not me at all. But um, yeah, I don't know if that speaks more about that film or just how tired I was or a bit of both. So with that said, I think it's time that we actually go around and ask what everybody's drinking because it's timely. So uh, Ryan, what are you drinking? I have got uh, actually one of my favourite non-alcoholic drinks that I I hardly ever drink. It's uh, a vanilla um, zero Coke. Vanilla Zero Coke. Yeah, I used to love Vanilla Coke, and then mm. they brought it back, and it was just the sugared version, which is obviously not good for me. No. So I, they, they, yeah, they re-released the the Zero Sugar version. I think it was like maybe eighteen months ago, and every now and again, lovely stuff. I did not really because I mean they have done some really weird flavors. Like I think, uh, you know, and obviously other brands of cola are available, but I think Coca Cola in the UK, have got us confused with Japan. Yeah, they've got like a mango, haven't they? I've seen got... mango, peach, strawberry, raspberry. Yeah. The mango's quite nice. The peach tasted horrible. Yeah. And I've not I've not tasted the strawberry or raspberry yet, but I did see it today in the supermarket. Yeah. I like I like peach flavoured things, but that peach flavoured Coke was just odd. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Really couldn't gel with that. Um P Dubs, what are you drinking? Well, I've got off my horse, and I am drinking some milk. <laughs> Very good. Cow's milk? Yeah, I can't. I drink um, almond milk or soy milk in, like, smoothies and things like that, but I can't can't drink it straight. It has to be. It's tough to drink cow's milk. <laughs> yeah. I've, I mean, I, I very, very rarely drink um, cow's milk. I normally have some kind of milk alternative, but I've also never been one of these people that can just drink it straight out, like just drink straight milk. Chocolate milk is about as as much as I go. Uh, I, I just can't really, yeah, I've just never been one of those kids. I went for a phase of about two months where I'd have a glass of milk and then just stopped and never did it again. It's weird, like, Whenever I get back from the States, the first thing I do is pour myself a pint of milk and drink it. Weird. Is, but the, the milk in America is just awful. I was going to say, is that is, does that speak more about the, the type of milk that we get over there? Yeah, I think I think that's what it is. Mm. Yeah, because I'm with you on that. That like Milk is a bit odd, I find, in America. I don't think it's because it's, like it's not all long life, but a lot of milk over there is long life, isn't it? Yeah. Very odd. Anyway, enough about that. Um, so, so like Ryan, actually, I've gone to the dark side, and I've got a can of Coca Cola Energy. Oh, yeah, I tried. I've that. seen this everywhere. I tried it. I tried it the other day. Yeah, it's it. It says that the strap line is the only energy drink with a great Coca Cola taste: high caffeine, guana, and B vitamins. <laughs> no sugar. Because uh, I wanted to save nine p, you see. That's that's the one I had as well. Yeah. Have you tried it yet? Right. So I had it a few weeks ago, and I was at the airport, um, and I was so tired that I, I don't really remember it very much. But I've just opened it up now. It smells odd straight away. It does not smell like Coca Cola. So immediately, alarm bells are ringing. The fact that it says like with a great, oh, it says with a great Coca Cola taste. So because it says a great. That doesn't actually mean it's Coke, does it? No. That is weird. 
it's like it's oh. like a, a flat coke has been mixed with like two different energy drinks. It just tastes weird. Yeah, it tastes like really cheap energy drink that's been poured into a glass of Coke. You're right. It's been sitting out for a few hours. That is weird. And I'm going to drink the whole thing because I am a glutton for punishment, uh, as we will reveal later on in the second segment. Before the second segment, we've got to do the first segment. And the first segment is, of course, Disney Park News. The Dad Disney Parks News Roundup is sponsored by WP Magic Journeys. To find great prices for your next Disney holiday, as well as letting someone take the stress out of booking your fast passes and your dining reservations, contact Wendy at wpmagicjourneys.com or WP Magic Journeys on social media. Mention Diz After Dark for a $25 off your deposit. It is the smart way to book your dream Disney holiday. So, boys, who wants to go first? Don't rush at once. I'm, I'm quite happy to go first. Yeah, go for uh, it. Uh, I'm going to bring up uh, California Adventure, actually. Um, and the return of soaring over California. I did see this. I did yeah. see this, yeah. So, obviously, we know the complaints of the new one. Um, that it doesn't look particularly great. A lot of it's CGI. So, uh, for a month, starting from June the 1st, um, soaring over California will return to its former home over in Grizzly Peak Airfield at California Adventure. Now, is it me that thinks the timing of this is probably a little bit coincidental? What, with Star Wars? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, not coincidental at all. I think they more or less admitted it. <laughs> is it, it going to pull people away from Galaxy's Edge, though? I'm not sure. Uh, I, I mean, I think if you're going there for Galaxy's Edge, then like, and, and only for Galaxy's Edge, then I don't think it probably will do. But... If you're there trying to get into Galaxy's Edge and think, you know what, I can't stand here for six hours trying to get in, then it might might get you to go. I don't know. I don't know. And especially with Disneyland being more of a locals park, I think they'll look at it and go, oh, one of my favourite rides is coming back for a month. I might mm. wait to go to Galaxy's Edge for a month. Once the, the rush is done, let's go and see soaring over california one once again it's a local park for local people yeah yeah oh my god i just i just uh i have to admit this i just burped and (laughs) and and it kind of it kind of tasted as if like i'd gone to juicy free and somebody had been squirting stuff like perfume around yeah it's it's not a good energy drink no it's not good like it i like energy drinks and it's I, I forced myself to finish it. Yeah, it is. It is just all kinds of yeah. No, I don't know how all kinds of quality no. control. That's the thing. Like this isn't even like a trial. This is like for sale. They, they're advertising the shit out of it as well. They really. Yeah. I mean, it's going to quickly drop off the radar. I can't see that lasting at all. Thank God I've got my cherry Pepsi Max to drown it out after. I, I'm going to finish the can. I'm going to have to finish the can. That's just the, the punishment. Um, it's it's interesting about this soaring over California thing because 
Um, we were talking the other on Discover DLP. Me and P Dubs were talking about the fact that just recently they made Ratatouille in two D rather than three D. So since that, opening day, it's been a three D attraction. Was that not due to the like a, a, a malfunctioning three D technology though? Well, it depends, Ryan. How much uh, you want to wear tinfoil on your head? Um, you know, all the time. <laughs> you know that was what they said, but really, conspiracy theory much? Um, we we said like, could it be them testing it out to see whether or not the Epcot version should be two D or three D? You know, we don't know. Mm-hmm. That's it, a good point. It, it just, as I said at the time, you can manually clean three D glasses. It's not like the only way to clean 3D glasses is with a machine. You can do it manually. It just takes a lot more effort. Um, but I just wonder if by doing stuff like this and, and also going back to Disneyland Paris, they were uh, doing testing of uh, Disney Dreams on the castle the other day as well. Um, and, and, you know, just the, the kind of rumblings of, of bringing back things that guests really like as a way of driving business. I don't know. I don't know if that's, if that's something to do with it or if it is just, I don't, there's got to be some logic behind it, all this stuff, right? Well, I think, I mean, let's put it this way. If, if once or twice a year for a weekend, they decided to bring back illuminations, you know, that weekend's going to be booked to hell at Epcot. Mm. That's what I mean. I, like, think, I, I, you I, know, I can see it happening. I think, you know, Soren, you know, you're right. Uh, both of you guys are right. It's it's very popular over in in California, and to bring back that as an old favourite, you know, it could it could do well and and try and draw at least some people away from Disneyland into California Adventure. Mm. Have you um have you done either version, Paul? I've done. I did California. Uh, over California. Um, what? nine eight nine years ago um i haven't done the new one but how did how did that compare to epcot soaring and i'm talking obviously pre you know new version um it's it's pretty much the same ride um i felt the theming was better at california than than epcot Hmm. epcot i thought the queue is horrendous at epcot um because this one's kind of based, as I said, it's meant to be in like an airfield. So it's in like a a hangar right. you walk into rather than some futuristic building like they, they've got Epcot. But the, the, it was much more entertaining being stuck in that queue than, than at Epcot. Yeah, I can imagine that. The, the, the one good thing about Epcot now, and I'm not just sticking up for Epcot, but they... They've added the the third so concourse well. now, which which, which yeah, wouldn't be surprising, I know. Um, <laughs> the third concourse has made such a difference to that queue. Like last year when I was there in October, I think we were seeing it like under half an hour at points, which is insane for Soarin. Yeah. Yeah. If Soarin always used to have that massive, massive queue. If you weren't there early doors, you, you were going to struggle to get on it later in the day without queuing up for an, an awfully long time. I, I've never seen anything quite like the fast pass dash to get to Soarin at Epcot. You know, back back when the fast passes were paper mm-hmm. and you'd have to go to the machine and you'd just see everyone go to the Soarin machine and you'd almost get there and within half hour all of the fast passes would be gone. It would just be insane. 
but yeah, you're you're right. The, the, the queue is the queue is, and the theming for in Epcot is is pretty poor. Yeah, I can barely remember the theming. Um, I mean, I've not done Soarin' in about twelve years at Epcot. I don't know why we didn't do. I think it was closed the, the second time we went there. Um, but the only thing I can remember is Patrick Warburton. Nice work, pal. <laughs> which, which I mean, let's be honest, is the way it should be. Um, you know, he should always be the thing you remember most from any project that he's involved in. <laughs> Yeah. But um, yeah, I can't re- remember much about the the interior of the queue. I can so remember. Because there isn't anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally just high walls. Yeah, yeah. It's quite yeah. Because I remember like a lot of details and stuff like that, but that just doesn't seem to ring any bells at all. And that's probably why because there was nothing for me to remember. So that's that's good. Um, yeah, I wonder if um, you know. Could this just be a limited time thing because Star Wars is opening, or is this Disney kind of putting the feelers out to see if they should revert the ride back to what it was? I mean, for me, I don't know how many concourses are in um, the California Adventure version. So, why would you not just split it? I don't understand. Like, same as Epcot. There's been rumors of it, there's been rumors of that for a while that they had so many complaints that people wanted to see the original one still. But you never know, maybe it is a test. Maybe we'll see it again in Epcot when they yeah. when they open Guardians of the Galaxy. wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it's clearly very easy for them to change the film over. Yeah. So, I mean, the scents the sense maybe are a little bit trickier. Uh, some of the scents for Soaring Around the World are, are very different to the ones in, in the original Soaring, but Again, you wouldn't imagine that would be too tricky if they just wiped out one of the screens and swapped over the sense. Honestly, I think if they said we're going to put the original Soaring back into Epcot, but all the sense are going to be of Coca-Cola energy, um, I think people would accept it. <laughs> Even though it smells ghastly. That's because nobody knows what Coca-Cola energy smells like. It's like, oh, what is that? Oh, I, I see what it's like. I see what it's like. Beverly. I was just about to say, we'll start with Coca-Cola Energy, followed by Beverly. He's got that weird, I've got no idea what the hell this is supposed to be type taste. Well, because I see it advertised so much, I was oddly excited to try it. And uh, yeah, I was very disappointed. I just, I just, I mean, when I, when I saw it at, at the airport shop, I just thought, oh, maybe it's one of those things that hasn't come out yet. But I, it obviously had come out and I just hadn't seen it anywhere, but... Yeah. Anyway, enough about that. Um, but yeah, Soaring, it's interesting. I wonder if, I mean, I'd like to see Disney do this more and more, if I'm honest. So at the moment, going back to Disneyland Paris, uh, we've got Hyperspace Mountain. Hyperspace Mountain is the third different version of Space Mountain that's been in that park. The design of that attraction was based around like the works of uh, Jules Verne and was originally from the earth to the moon. And, you know, it was visually based around that and uh, George Millay and, 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 you know, that kind of era of design of space travel. And, you know, everything about that attraction still screams that. Then they tried to make it more funky and reopened it as Mission 2 which I don't think anyone liked. And at the moment, it's Hyperspace Mountain. Now, that's going to have to change again at some point. 
um, Ryan. Well, actually, the three of us have all done it, haven't we? We've all done Hyperspace Mountain. Um, yeah. Yep. And I think it's a cracking attraction. I mean, I love Star Wars anyway, so uh, that helps. But I don't want them to revert it back. If they if they are going to change it back, for me, I don't want to see it be anything other than from the Earth to the Moon. If they're going to just move back to Mission 2, I'd rather them just keep it as Hyperspace Mountain because the, it's a better attraction and the theming still doesn't work, but it's a better attraction than, than what Mission 2 was. So, I mean, Disney have got previous in, in you know, doing these kind of things with, with attractions. Um, and yeah, I wonder if it's if it's a sign of things to come that they might try and revert things back to a previous version to try and you know bring people into the park or bring them away from other things because i don't think necessarily that you changing attraction is suddenly going to make you change your holiday plans but if you was going there you know as we were talking about for the start of star wars and that's happening is that enough for you to change your day maybe is maybe isn't and like you said ryan guardians is a good example you know, there'll be a lot of hype around that attraction by the time it opens. They're going to need to drive the crowds away a little bit. You know, I is that what they can do? I can't take, take credit for that one. That was P-Dubs. <laughs> I've been trying to pay attention as well. <laughs> I've, I've, I'd even stop colouring in. <laughs> I think it's going to, I think you're going to see more and more of it, though. Um, I'm just waiting for... Um... Winnie the Pooh to become Mr. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride again. I don't know how they're <laughs> going to do that, but looking forward to it. Just change the animatronics back over. Don't change anything else in the ride. Yeah, you're still in the honey pots. <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, he's, just make just, just say, well, he's a drunk driver, isn't he? <laughs> he's just imagining all of these honey pots. Yeah, that's what happens when you drink alcohol, kids. You make, you see honey pots everywhere. Um, P Dubs, is there anything that you would like to see? Disney revert back to in any of their parks? I think he's so upset that I, I got you and him confused that he's gone. It's just left, yeah. Yeah. He does that from time to time. Um, right. Well, while we're waiting to, to for him to come back, um, what did you have for us, Ryan? Uh, well, I've got several things. The first thing I Ooh. wanted to talk about is... Um, Extra, uh, sorry, after hours dates, more dates have been revealed for Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, and Hollywood Studios right through till the end of September now, um, by the looks of things, hmm. or at least, yeah, yeah, end of September. So we've got uh, Magic Kingdom on August the 22nd and 29th, September the 5th, 12th, 19th, and 26th. Animal Kingdom is July 2nd, 8th, 15th, 22nd, and 29th. August the 5th, 12th, 19th, and 26th and September the 3rd, 9th, 16th, and 23rd. And Disney's Hollywood Studios right now only goes up until July, just before Star Wars, uh, which is July 5th, 12th, 19th, and 26th. So the tickets are $125 plus tax each, and will net you three hours in the evening at one of those parks, where, um, where basically you pretty much got the park to yourself. Interesting. So they're obviously working because they're adding more and more dates. And and what's the uh, what's the cost of these additional or are they are they just including your part ticket? This is not like a, a hard ticketed add-on. Oh no, it is yes, $125. <laughs> 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 
$125. You didn't just spit all your cocaine to drink everywhere. Did you, you know what? I really wish I had. <laughs> Next time, tell me so I can make sure instead of just spluttering dry air that I can actually splutter this, this garbage. Um, it's very expensive for three hours. 125 I mean, my God, $125 for three hours. That sounds like a UUOP meetup. Um, it's, that's, that's nuts. That's yeah. absolutely nuts. It is very, very expensive. Or if you're an annual pass holder or part of DPC, it's only $95 plus tax. <laughs> so $30, folks. Wow. I mean, I mean, how, how exclusive must it be? It is very quiet from what I've seen. I've seen some uh, some people recording these events. That it is very, very quiet. It's pretty much everything is a walk-on. Um, I mean, in all fairness, if if a date at Hollywood Studios comes up when I'm over there in October and November, I might think about booking it just so I can do Star Wars. Yeah, but, but that's the thing. Like, you know, for you to do or for anyone to, to use it to do something like Star Wars... I can I can understand that justification. I can understand that justification because me and P Dubs are trying to do the opposite. And it's going to cost a lot more than one hundred twenty five dollars for us to do that. Um, but that's if that's available. Now, if 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 that wasn't right, so I know we're looking at Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom and Studios, but let's just say that they were just doing this at Magic Kingdom for you to pay one hundred twenty five dollars. So what you could walk on to, you know. Space, Space Mountain, Thunder, yeah. yeah. I mean, that that to me is just not not worth it. Galaxy's Edge is is different because you know that's a, 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 a from what we are led to believe it's uh, immersive and it's you know uh, Star Wars, and so it's not going to necessarily appeal to everybody, but it's going to appeal to a, a large populace. Um, that. That makes sense. It's brand new and it's it's you know it's gonna be hard to get in and it's probably the best way you're gonna experience that in the first year. But for Magic Kingdom, just so just so the lines are a little bit quieter, that just seems like an awful lot of money. It is. Um I mean what uh just quick maths, what's that? Forty two dollars forty three dollars an hour? ish plus tax it is very very expensive i mean apparently mm. you get select beverages popcorn and ice cream um available as part of the food and beverage although it doesn't get your quick service you think they'd throw in a quick service uh, as well for that price Mm. does it say available or complimentary because you know what that can mean is you know the popcorn stand is open 10 10 bucks please no, so popcorn beverages, some beverages at least, and ice cream are included, but any quick service is not. Do, do you think Coca-Cola Energy might be one of the beverages? <laughs> They'll be giving those away on the entrance to the park regardless, <laughs> I think. They'll be giving oh. away the Halloween bags full of them. Yeah. yeah I mean, that'd be at the party this year. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Uh, I know all publicity is good publicity, but <laughs> seriously, guys, I know this is what you want. Maybe we'll call the episode, we'll name the episode after it, just to make up for it. Um, <laughs> um, P-Dubs, uh, what do you think? Would you... Uh, ooh, 
that was me sorry was you transporting through time all oh, right sorry um <laughs> I mean, don't let them in your house. That's a lot. I mean, I've seen what those guys do when putties turn up. Don't don't allow that to happen. Um, so we're talking about one hundred twenty, one hundred forty-five dollars. What was it, Ryan? Uh, hundred, yeah, one hundred fifty. I think it was one hundred fifty dollars. Oh, sorry, one hundred twenty-five. Sorry. Oh, well, I, I take it all back. It's a bargain. Um, one hundred twenty-five dollars, P Dubs, for uh, three hours extra park admission per person. What do you think? <sighs> it's a difficult one to be honest because I know we pay about that to get in the parks for a day um, but then you have to take into account you could probably get as much done in those three hours as you could during a whole day yeah so I would probably pay it so I mean I'm just looking at I've been looking at some um, reviews of these events because it's something that I wouldn't ordinarily do and it, again with Star Wars removed even with Star Wars removed I might consider doing it um in October November because it's our honeymoon and because of that we might do events like this. I just want to um, point out Ryan looking at reviews is exactly what you would do on Theme Park Trader. So I tell you wouldn't do it. <laughs> um but yeah it's these these parks are empty like this, someone was saying you could literally go 10 minutes before you bump into somebody else. Jeez. I mean, that's crazy. And I've just, I've, I've seen pictures of like Navi River Journey where there is no one in the queue. Yeah, but that was during normal park hours. <laughs> no, nobody likes that ride anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is a lot. $125, you know, it's basically $300 for two people. Yeah. So it's a lot of money. The likelihood would be it'd just be me. It wouldn't be all three of us. No. Well, I mean, that's the other thing as well, isn't it? Because of the time, then then that kind of would also restrict it as well. Because I'm having this, we're trying to go to Disneyland Paris in October. And we're going to be going when it's one of the Halloween soirees that they're doing. They're only doing two nights. And originally I was like, well, let's go away that weekend and we can all do the soiree together. And then I was like, Actually, we're talking about a six-year-old doing this. And it starts at like half past eight, nine o'clock. And it's going to be going on until like one o'clock in the morning. That's mm-hmm. not going to work out. Yeah. Um, so you're not going to, you know, it's not going to be, if you've got like young kids, this is not something that all of you are going to be able to do, is what I'm saying. This is going to be yeah. a very... um this will be for a certain type of, of of group of people and also those with a certain kind of budget. Now, what I would say to this, whilst I do think it's an awful lot of money, what I would say is if I could just go for those three hours, I would do it. So if Disney were willing to sell me that ticket to get at entry for those three hours by itself, I would do it. Had I paid to go in that day as well, and if I didn't have one of these really um, cheap UK passes that we get, you know, like three work weeks worth of tickets for the price of one or something, then I definitely wouldn't do it either. But I would, if I could just go in for three hours and pay that money, I, I probably would do that. The, the only caveat to this, so that this is the Animal, Animal Kingdom one I was um, looking at reviews for, is that they were saying that the Magic Kingdom one is slowly gig. That, you know, they have a limit ma- amount of that, they're selling but for the mm. first animal kingdom one they didn't sell all of them and they were saying yeah. that now the after hours event at magic kingdom 
if you want to ride seven dwarfs, you're going to be waiting 20 minutes. So yes, that's a lot better than waiting two hours, three hours um, than you would do ordinarily, but you're still waiting 20 minutes to ride seven yeah. dwarfs. If you wanted to do that a few times, then you've basically paid you know, $125 to ride seven dwarfs, maybe four or five times. Yeah. Yeah. Or Navy River Journey 50 times. So yeah, exactly. Swings, swings around abouts. <laughs> okay, well, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, so like, the, the concept itself, I've got no issue with. The cost, I think, is a bit expensive, but I can definitely see the appeal of it. You know, I can't, I can't take that away from it at all. I can definitely see the appeal. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think for Star Wars, I definitely would consider it absolutely. Um, but to to do Magic Kingdom, I don't think I would. I think the only time I'd consider it is if is is this year's trip because it's a special trip for us. So if we can get in the parks, take some lovely photos together with hardly anyone in there, then it's kind of worthwhile for for our for our honeymoon honeymoon trip. But yeah. other, other than that, it's not something that I would do outside of wanting to see a brand new attraction. And also as well, it, it's just for that park. So if you buy a ticket for Magic Kingdom, that's that's it. You can't park hop. You've got to be in that park. Yeah. Mm. I mean, look, I mean, look, by the time it takes you to get from one part to another anyway, you've lost, you know, a good three quarters of an hour anyway. But uh, I suppose that's another thing to consider as well. Choose well, if you're, wisely. If you're taking a busy, If you're taking a Disney bus, it's going to take you four hours. <laughs> that is that is very true. Um, P-Dubs, did you have anything else in the parts that you wanted to bring up? Yeah, I was going to bring up, I don't know whether either of you saw it, was the the new Super Zoom animated magic shot in the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> yeah. uh, I I showed this to my wife, and I was like, oh, what do you think of, that, of, of this? Because as it's new, it means that everybody and their neighbour has posted their version of it on every Disney or Orlando Facebook group this week. Yeah. So it was it was quite easy for me to find one of these things. And I showed it to her and she went, Right, what is the point in that? Exactly. Because you said like this is a good idea. Well, I th- so watching it as a clip makes more sense, but what you're left with is either a weirdly kind of um framed photo of two of you in some nondescript part of the world, or you've got this massive shot where you can play a really shit version of Where's Wally. Has anyone done the like dressed up as Where's Wally yet and done that? Please tell me they have. Oh, of course not. No one's no one's as uh, as smart as we are on this podcast. But hopefully, this will give people listening an inspiration. So, uh, if you could also hold a sign that says the After Dark Podcast Network, much appreciated. Um, you know, we don't want to ruin your your. Uh, w- well, actually, it's Where's Waldo, isn't it? In America, if you say yeah, Where's Wally, true. they have no idea, and yeah. I've got no idea why they changed it. He's but... in the White House. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think I think it's a very odd thing myself. I can't really get my head around it. No, just looking at how the photo's taken, and it's li- literally. 
it is going to be like someone's just standing there waving. You have no idea who it is, except for the close-up one. <laughs> but the, the long-distance one, just I don't see what the point is. No, just 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 seems a bit odd. And also as well, like, do we actually know for sure that that zoomed-out picture actually is taken at the same time? What I'm kind of saying is, could it be a bit of a lie that in that zoomed-out picture, you're not in it at all? But it's so zoomed out, you wouldn't be able to tell. I I have seen one of the zoom, zoomed-out ones with uh, Banksley from Attractions Magazine, um, and you can quite clearly see that it's the same photo. Okay. That's so good. It's, That's good. Yeah. But it does looks like something from a horror film, like someone just in the distance waving at you. I mean, you know, I, I hate to bring it up so soon after it, the event happened, but I mean, you know, isn't that kind of what happened to JFK? Yeah, yeah. We, we can we it. can we can talk about it now, right? It it was like sixty years ago. I'm just trying to work out what the. Well, actually, what am I saying? National Enquirer just opened up a, a theme park attraction about Diana's death. I'm pretty sure we can talk about JFK. Um, but it just seems weird. Yeah. I certainly won't be caring to get one. And I, I guess this is something that gets put on your memory maker? Yeah. Right. I, I just thankful that um, they haven't announced the return of Disney Stars and Motor Cars Parade in Magic Kingdom, because that could get very awkward, couldn't it? <laughs> See? It's the perfect time for the perfect crime. I was just trying to remember the name of it, so I was quietly typing in the background, like, <laughs> is the joke still relevant? Look, most of the jokes still relevant in this podcast. Uh, listen to Jimmy the Judge, because we clearly have no idea. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they do some quite good things on the memory maker now. You know, like, a, I, I think the Tower of Terror video that you can get is really good. I think that's a clever use of it. I just don't think this photo is it's almost like they've discovered the tech and so let's use it yeah you think like maybe galaxy's edge would have been a better use of the tech to start things off because you know the super hardcore star wars fans are going to want to see themselves in in and amongst a crowd but um yeah it's a bit of a weird it's, it's a weird one regardless yeah as Pete Up said, I I don't think I'd be queuing up for that for a long time if that's what you have to do. I'm surprised I haven't got you standing in front of the purple wall, to be honest. There's another idea for you, Disney. Uh, what else you got, Pete Ups? Um, I was going to mention a <laughs> some new news on the the cruise line actually. Okay. Um, that we've we've got the announcement that um the contract with. Port Canaveral has been extended for another 20 years. Jeez, that's a contract and a half, isn't it? And they will be taking two of the new ships. Mm. As part of this, they're going to be, be expanding it, so there's room for another two ships in the in the port for Disney. Mm. I mean, that's, that is a long contract, isn't it, guys? 20 years? That is yeah. crazy, yeah. Oh, it's good. I'm not. I'm, you know, I'm not. I'm not disputing that at all. And um, you know, I, I mean, think. Disney... Sorry. 
I was going to say, Disney are relying on the fact that the world world's view on climate change is not going to change very much in 20 years. That is a very good point, actually. Cruise ships are not exactly the most economical ways to travel, are they? Well, especially the the short the short uh, shortened ones that Disney do. They're just pumping fuel into the uh, the, the Florida seas on a regular basis. Um, it's interesting. I mean, I'm sure in 20 years there there'll be better ways to burn fuel on cru- on cruise ships. But yeah, it's a it's a longer contract, which I suppose Disney could probably pull out of whenever they wanted to. Mm. Yeah. So, so currently their contract states that they have to visit Port Canaveral at least 150 times a year. Oh wow. Um, that remains in place until 2023, when it raises to 180 a year. In 2024, that jumps to 216 stops at Port Canaveral Jesus. in a year. How many ships? By 2024, they should have all of them online. So that would be what six. I'm trying uh, to do the maths. I'm not very good at maths. So that's ten times. Per ship, yeah, it's about ten. I think it's about ten times per ship. Ten visits would be sixty. Sixty times five, four, six, three, six. Oh, listen, Matt, that's still a lot, though. Yeah, and you have to consider that for three months, two of the ships aren't even in Florida or visit Florida. One's in Europe. Yeah. One heads to Mexico and and Los Angeles and Texas, and then obviously they head up to New York as well. Upstate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So That's... they do have to be jammed in quite regularly. Wow. Interesting. I mean, I mean, you know, every year I, I hear more and more people going on Disney cruises yeah. and, re- and repeating as well. It does seem to be like, you know, I don't know many people that have done a Disney cruise. In fact, I don't know anyone that's ever done Disney cruise and gone never again. You know, some people can't afford to go on another Disney cruise, but I know plenty of people that have done multiple cruises now. Yeah. Even the as just part of their holiday. Yeah, the amount of people that go, oh, I've done a Disney cruise now, I wouldn't touch anybody else, is just amazing. Mm. The thing is, a Disney cruise is something that I, I would definitely do, but I would um, I would probably wait until I am old, too old to enjoy the parks to my fullest, and then... I would go, okay, I can still do the Epcot Food and Wine Festival, I can still do Living with the Land, I can still do It's a Small World, all that kind of stuff. But then for the remainder of my trip, I'm going to relax on a cruise ship um, done by Disney. I think until that point, it's not something that I'm really that interested in. Old man Ryan. Yeah, that's where I'll be spending my my uh, retirement years. Mm. I've got to that stage already. <laughs> I could quite happily just take a week out. I um, just do nothing. <laughs> I mean, I I've never I've never really been one to really want to go on a cruise. Like 
my sister-in-law, who's younger than me, she's done a couple of cruises now and she thinks they're amazing. But she's kind of had to start doing that by proxy because her partner has, like, at the age of, like, 35 or whatever, decided that he can't fly anymore. So they have to be very picky about what they actually do. So a cruise is, is one way of kind of getting you different destinations without the need to, to fly. Can't not, just not, dr- like drug his milk, Mr. T-Star? That's what I said, but she wasn't having it. I mean, she was yeah. too young to remember the A-team, but even so, I was like, that's a good plan. Look it up on YouTube. Um, but it's never been something I it's, it's ever appealed to me. I'll tell you why. I I don't like being stuck in one place for too long. Like, I get stir-crazy. And I get these cruise ships are absolutely huge. I get that. I understand that. But I don't like this, like, this this fact that I, you know, if, if I suddenly was like, I need to get off this boat, I couldn't get off the boat. Because we're, you know, we're on the second day of being at sea. Yeah. I think my problem is, it, for me, is that it would be an incredibly expensive way for me to eat food and get drunk. Yeah, there is that as well. Because the bars aren't—it's not all—it's not all inclusive on a Disney cruise, is it? Or am I mistaken in saying that? Uh, I don't think it's all inclusive on a lot of cruises, actually. There are some that you you can get all inclusive, I, th- I believe, but I don't think Disney is. No. So no. yeah, it would be an incredibly expensive way for me it, to get drunk. It can't be because I looked at the price of the the Mediterranean cruise a couple of years ago just for shits yeah. and giggles. And that really is. That's ridiculous, those prices on that one. Well, when I was looking at it, I think it might have been pre my son being born. And I think we were looking at about four grand for like about a week. And I was like, yeah, that's that's quite a lot. And also as well, like you, you, like with that, you, there's like specialist dining, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Of which you can only like, so they, they let you go in once to one of these signature dining places as well. So you you kind of like dictators to what you can do as well. So it's just never really. I'm sure they're great. I really am. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Um, you know, anyone's wrong for doing them. Absolutely not. I think they they definitely had their appeals. Maybe we should get Wendy on actually to tell us why we're wrong. Um, but yeah, for me, I think I'd rather spend that money going just to a theme park than doing that. I yeah. can, I, I can definitely gonna... do a short cruise, but I don't think I could do one of the, the, the long ones they do. I have to be honest, the, the Caribbean cruises don't intrigue me as much as some of the others. But I kind of quite like to do the Alaskan one. If I was going to yeah, one. that's the one I wanted to do as well, actually. Um, but I'm also going to wait and see where these new ships go, because if they do one in Asia, mm. then I might be tempted to, mm. to chuck that in alongside doing some of the parks out there. You know what? If yeah, if they did that, I think to kind of make like a more well-rounded um, Asian Disney parks trip, that that I would be tempted by that as well. Um be interesting to see what they do with them obviously now they've said that there's definitely going to be two of them making appearances at port canaveral we'll have to wait and see what they're they're going to do indeed indeed um i've got a couple of bits i wanted to talk about 
uh, they both relate to the same thing, unfortunately. Um, so the first one is that there has been the first footage leaked from Smuggler's Run. Yeah, I saw that. So this is, as we've talked about on here, and it's been quite well publicised, Star Wars Land opens on the 31st of May in Disneyland. Did I just call it? Star Wars Land. Galaxy's Edge. Um, Black, Black Spire Outpost. Take your pick. <laughs> That's too many names. Um, so that opens on the 31st of May in Disneyland, and it opens up in August in Disney World. And there are some cast previews going on at the moment. Um, some celebrities have been there as well. Obviously, we talked about the picture with uh, not George Lucas and Steven Spielberg and J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy. Um, and also uh, Holly Madison, who <laughs> I am definitely aware of um, from her work in the hit E-Network show, um, the... What was it called? Hugh Hefner's Hose? No, what was it called? <laughs> uh, I just imagine her going on uh, Smuggler's Run going, is there any way we can pump up the vibrate? <laughs> oh, God, what was that show called? My wife used to be addicted to it. Something of the Playboy Mansion, was that it? Yes, yeah. I Bo- think... The Bunnies. Bunnies of the Playboy Mansion. I think, like I think it was, yeah. It was a good show, so, actually. So, so I've heard, so I've heard. Yeah, it was, no, it was it was good. I used to have to watch it a lot. Then she discovered the Kardashians. Then I tapped out. Um, but uh, yeah, she went. She's done the cast preview as well, um, and uh, they're being very rightly so, being very secretive about it. But somebody's about to lose their job because some mobile phone footage did, did get released from the first attraction that's going to be open, which is Smuggler's Run, which is the uh, Millennium Falcon attraction. Now, we, in fact, Pete does, did we talk about it on Discover DLP the other day, or was it off air that we were talking about I it? I think it had only just leaked well, we, no, when we were recording. When we were talking about it, we hadn't seen the footage. Yeah. Because I saw the footage after we finished recording, but I couldn't remember if it was on the show or not. But um, what we'd heard and what we'd feared is that it was going to be some kind of crazy mashup between Star Tours and Mission Space. Well, and that's exactly what it is. The footage just leaked and confirmed. That's exactly what it is. Um, it it doesn't inspire me very much. I, I no. think that the big attraction is the one is Rise of the Resistance, isn't it? I think that's the, the one, one that doesn't work. Yeah, the one that's uh, not opening yet. Uh, that's the one that everyone, I think, even within Disney, are getting excited about. And yeah, I, I was quite disappointed with this footage as well. I mean, the thing is, the way I look at it, it you know, we, we've got Pandora, which has an e-ticket attraction and, well, I don't know, what would you call that? Z-list? I don't a, know. A, a shit Pirates of the Caribbean? Yes. Yeah. Or uh, uh, a Smurf Small World. Um, I mean, it, it, it's just an awful... Well, I say this, I've not been on it, but everyone that knows it's been on it and the footage that I've watched, it looks awful. Um the animatronic is what makes the ride. Yes. That's, that's the only reason yeah. to go on it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I just don't understand this obsession with building these rides, uh, building these these new worlds and having like one subpar attraction. Why not put in two good attractions? Is that well, really too hard to uh, too much to ask for? 
I already have a bad feeling um, that, Disneyland, yeah, that Disneyland Paris is going to be getting smugglers run <coughs> and rise of the resistance. Well, we, we talked about this, didn't we, on the last discussion yeah. of DLP. And, I mean, if you look at the plans, then that's what you think. But because it's been delayed, I'm hoping that they are waiting. Because there's only going to be one ride in that land. I'm hoping that they're going to wait. Or the other option is that because they've only got one attraction there and it's coming so much, uh, so many years after the originals were, are going to be open, is that they build a brand new attraction. Yeah, well, the idea is that they build a whole new land that's got nothing to do with with um, with Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, I just, I just don't, I don't mix it up a little bit. Yeah, I don't understand having the same attractions in all the parts. Like the reason why people are getting excited about Tron is because the only place that's available is Shanghai. I'd love to see it in Paris, but that's because of me just, um, you know, being selfish. But you don't want to have the exact same attractions in all these parts. You know, if they if they did like a completely different Tron attraction or the track was completely different in Paris compared to like Magic Kingdom, then I'd go, okay, I, I can kind of take that. But just doing these carbon copies of rides is is mm-hmm. not a good look. And especially uh, with Disneyland Paris, where you're already reducing that land down to one attraction. You want it to either be the best attraction they can offer or something different, not the worst attraction that they have. Yeah, and I mean, look, none of us has done Smuggler's Run. It could be great; it really could be. But I'm just not with the footage I've seen and what I'm expecting it to be. I'm not expecting that much from it. I think it's going to be about the queue, isn't it? It's going to be about the queue. It's going to be about the experience, and the ride will be cool. Um, but it's not going to be mind blowing. I think Rise of the Resistance is what is is where we're going to get our our, our kind of socks blown off. Yeah, and, and they definitely seem to be going down the all in on the theming route. Yeah. Um, more than content. Be like this show. <laughs> in a way. Well, our content's <laughs> all right. Yeah. Compared to some of them. That That's what Disney say about Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> yeah. It's all right, isn't it? Compared to some of them. <laughs> um, the other thing, and it's tied in. So yesterday I was listening to our good friends at the Diz Down Under. And Lewis was talking about the fact that he just bought some brand new comic books. Yeah. And those comic books are about Galaxy's Edge. (laughs) In fact, it's called Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Now, I had no idea about this series of comic books until he mentioned them on his podcast yesterday. I happened to walk into town today um, that's actually not a surprise. So anyone knows me, I go into town nearly every day because, like I said earlier, I get a bit uh, cabin feverish. I need to get out. Um, but we've got a comic book shop in town, so I just thought I'd just have a quick pop in there and see if they had them. And they had uh, the first two issues. I think the second issue has only just come out. We live in the UK, so I know the timings don't exactly match up when it comes to comic books, but I think the second issue has yeah. only just come out. Um, so yes, yeah, so I picked up the first and second issue for a mighty three English pounds. Cover price three ninety nine American. So I've not yet had a chance to read these because I only picked them up today. But I just thought for anyone that might be interested in the backstory to this land, 
Uh, there's a comic book series about it. And I think it's only four parts. Who's it published by? Is it Marvel? Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the first, in fact, let me... Um, I've got just over here. One's on car back. The other one's not on car back. The first issue has Han Solo and Chewie and Yak Face. And the second issue has Greedo on the yes. front. Greedo also, must you... steal a priceless Jedi relic or face the wrath of Jabba the Hutt. If you've got yeah. uh, the Marvel Comics app, they're both available to purchase on there for three ninety nine each. Yeah, I think... I'm almost... It says about there being digital content available. Hang on. Bonus digital edition. Right, that's what I thought. Yeah. So I think if you buy the paper version, you can actually download the digital editions. So I might do that. My my favourite part about this is I saw uh, someone took a, take, took a picture of... I think it's the first page of the first one. And I've actually got it open here. And it says, <laughs> there's this character that goes in and says, uh, you there, can I interest you in a juicy Ronto wrap? Best in the quadrant. Not exactly high. That's not exactly high, a high bar, is it? I'll take a, a, a Milu run juice. That looks safer. No offense. And then he says, and then he takes some juice. So within the first two frames of the comic, they're advertising two products on sale at Galaxy's <laughs> Edge. <laughs> Han Solo's walking around with a bottle of Dasani <laughs> in that alien font. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, in a way, it's almost what I'm hoping the comic's going to be about. He's just marketing for his new land. I've got no problem with that at all. You know, I'm not expecting these to be highbrow. <laughs> um, I may well buy those and read them tonight, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, that, that is the first time I bought comic books in years. Because I normally go into London and they're normally so expensive. And with things that I used to read, like um, X-Men or Spider-Man, there's so many variations now. You know, I mean, Spider-Man, what is there? Amazing, Standard, uh, Ultimate, Spectacular, Web. I don't know if they still make Web of Spider-Man, but they used to do. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many different types and different spin-off series of the same character that I just fell out of comics a long time ago. Didn't, you know, I still like them. I just, there's just too much content. That's what yeah, I do about I, wrestling. I've, I've just been reading the, um, the original uh, Spider-Man comics from the sixties. Cause they were on the oh, comics wow. app as well. Mm-hmm. So I've just been going through, there's not, not loads, but maybe like one or two, three a week and just downloading them. They're like two quid each or something. So I've been enjoying that. Hmm. So that's the great thing about the app for me is that I don't have to spend like hundreds and hundreds of pounds to read the very first editions of Spider-Man. Spider-Man's my favourite comic book, so it's cool going back and reading those. Yeah. Yeah. I used to love, like in the, in like the early, mid-90s, X-Men was, was everything to me. Comics and the cartoon series. Oh, the cartoon was great, yeah. I've not read a, an X-Men comic in in years. But I remember, like, you know, when I was reading, it was like the death of Xavier, the Age of Apocalypse, all those kind of alternate versions of the characters. It was just brilliant. But I can see, I can see the, what I think is actually weird about comic books is the fact that the biggest thing in the world right now 
is comic book movies, particularly Marvel movies. And yet comic sales year on year decline. And you would have thought there'd be some synergy. I'd say the problem is uh, I went into Forbidden Planet in London uh, a couple of months ago. And it's almost the reason why I like the app is because everything's dated and you can see the first issue and you can take it from there. It You go into Forbidden Planet and there is just, you're just like, where the hell do I start? Like I pick up an issue and it's like, is this midway through its run? Is this the start? Is this near the end? Like I just yeah. have no idea if what, what universe is this set in versus this other one over here. And I think, and I'm quite a big geek and I don't know how to get into it. No. So it's just not very accessible if you're not already in the scene. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. And you do, there does seem to be that kind of fandom, like if you ask that question to the wrong person, you'd be sneered at. Yeah. You know, for your, you know, for not being intellectually enough to know where you should be getting in. Um, yeah, I know I know what you mean. I mean, even this place, I mean, the, the comic shop local to me is a tiny comic shop. But I went in there and I was like, where do I even start? And there was two boxes on a table in front of me one was this week's releases the other box was last week's releases so i was like okay well that's a good start because no star wars has just come out so i'll look there and then it took me almost another 10 minutes in this tiny shop to find the star wars section yeah where the other comic books were and it was only like a, and a reason why and this this is awful this is awful is because there was this woman working in there and I know, I know who normally runs it. And it's it's a man that runs it. And he's the comic shop's moved since I'm, I've moved back to Basildon. Um, and I used to go in that comic book shop when I was a kid because I, I didn't live here. So going here was like a treat. I'd always go to that comic book shop. Um, but they moved into a smaller premise. So a bloke's been here for years, but I don't really know the woman. And I thought if I ask, she probably won't know. And that's an awful assumption that I made. But I just did it anyway. I just didn't want to embarrass her and I didn't want to embarrass myself. And actually, I'm just a dick. But at least I've admitted I'm a dick. But I found it eventually. But I was looking around, just the shop in general, and I was just overwhelmed by the amount of comics and graphic novels. And, you know, I saw like four different versions of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, you just don't know where to start. No. And I would. I mean, the thing is, because I like the films... Guardians is a comic that I know is is quite different to the films, but I'd be quite interested in picking some of that up. And I was like, where do I even start with this? Yeah. Which which version of the Guardians am I supposed to start with? And then there were film stuff. There's a there was a prologue to Far From Home that's just come out that I saw today. And I was like, do I need to buy that? Do I need to read that before I've seen the film? There's too much content. Anyway. Yeah. Going back to the original point, if you're interested in this backstory that Marvel have come up with for their land, um, or Disney have come up for this land, and, and Marvel Comics are producing a comic of, it's out there. Go and buy it. Not very expensive. Um, yeah, and I think you just might fill in some gaps if that's your kind of thing. There's also, on that note, there's a novel coming out in August, I think August the 27th, um, called Black Spire. Um, which might fill in a little bit as well um, once the land's actually opened. Nice. Well, I'm sure Craig has already put that in his Amazon cart, ready to download to his e-reader as soon as it comes out. I know he likes the Star Wars book. Right, was there any other news 
on the parts got, that people wanted to talk about. Go I've on. got one final thing. Go on. And it is quite, it's quite early to be talking about Christmas, but um, they're finally kind of bringing Christmas to Disney's Animal Kingdom in quite a big way this year. I don't know if any of you saw this, but they've got um, some big, big decorations and, and, and things coming this year. So I'm going to go through some, some very quick highlights. Uh, Discovery Island is going to be uh, in the midst of a celebration of winter. So you're going to have um, sparkling white holiday decorations, colourful, animal-inspired um, kind of lights uh, along the rooftops, wireframe lanterns in the shape of birds, um, a holiday gathering of winter animals, um, with pup, with basically puppets during the day, reindeer, foxes, polar bears, penguins, and more that will interact with guests. So, assuming on a similar kind of line as um, some of the other puppets that we've seen wandering around the parks recently. Then you're going to have in Dinoland Donald's um, Dino Bash, which is going to be um, the holiday hoopla dance party with Chip and Dale, Asia. Um, it's going to be celebrating, uh, is it Diwali? Diwali? The, so you're going to have Festival of Lights in India, glowing flowers, lanterns. Um, there, Africa is going to be also hang, decorated. Hang on one second. Let's just go back. When's this celebration taking place? It will be Christmas time, uh, November the 8th. Diwali's not a Christmas. I know. Jesus. I know I've not done RE for a while, but even I know that. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, it's a bit. It is a bit weird. Um, so Africa's going to be celebrating as well. Um, then you're going to have Pandora. Apparently, is also going to have some Christmas. Uh, the expats are going to be living and working on the moon of Pandora, bringing a little Christmas time fun to their alien home, uh, with a display at Pongu Pongu of uh, holiday decor, combining vintage pieces from Earth with items handcrafted from materials. Um, from Pandora as well, so that's that's going to be the most intriguing, I think. Like right. see, seeing some cheap tinsel put up, and no, I don't think they'll do that. But basically, basically saying some humans are going to decorate Pandora for Christmas. I never thought Disney would be the ones that would ruin Christmas for me forever. <laughs> but give yourself a pat on the back, Disney. I think with that Disney uh, with that Pandora announcement, I think you've just ruined my interest in Christmas. Depends how, depends how subtly it's done, I think. Do you reckon we'll get all the um, the Na'vi to join hands and sing like they do in the uh, the, the, the Who Villians do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. I think Discovery Island sounds pretty good. I think that's quite exciting. I, I think it has been... Animal Kingdom has been missing Christmas when I've been over there at that time of year. Yeah. And I think it's, it's cool to see Discovery Island, but I think... That's probably where the Christmas decorations should stop. Could they just like throw some fake snow on the Tree of Life? Well, yeah, some you know, I think Discovery Island and Dino Land Christmas makes sense, but yeah, throwing in holidays that don't fit in with that time of year into Asia does seem slightly insensitive. Hmm. I um, when when you said about uh, Donald doing his Dino Bash, I really thought that was. Uh, you was going to say that was Donald Duck taking some sledgehammers to Dino Land USA. <laughs> I don't finally, think it'll be too long before that happens. Finally tearing it down. Let's just swap out all the cuddly toys in the in the crappy stalls with uh, Christmas toys, won't they? That'd be it. Yeah, yeah, it's probably about right. Uh, P Dubs, has this inspired you? 
No, not at all. Excellent. <laughs> I'm just like, really? Not every park needs to celebrate Christmas. <coughs> well, I mean, not, next I mean... year, next year it'll be Halloween in Animal Kingdom. Hey, Tree of Life could go. Uh... Could look like it's uh, losing its leaves. That'd be fantastic. Great idea. Yeah, yeah. Just put Jack in there all year round. That's what I say. Full stop. You could get you could get a slight variation of the "It's Tough to Be a Bug" show because the last, you know, wait till the last leaf has fallen. Mm. It's all coming together. Yeah, that's that's Thanksgiving though. That's not Halloween, is it? I suppose it's closer to the end of fall, isn't it? Yeah, they're celebrating Diwali in Christmas season. I don't think they're really that bothered about when they're doing it. Like, uh... I mean, that's it. That seems odd because I'm assuming someone like Joe Road, who has creative control of Animal Kingdom, would have given that the okay. And it seems very odd for someone like him. He is so culturally sensitive and on the mark. Maybe someone, uh, maybe just maybe uh, Bob stepped in and gone. Just do it, Joe. Well. I'm just... led to believe he's not got complete control. Oh, really? Yeah, I believe he's been moved to another project. Interesting. All right, I just I just had a look now. So, Diwali 2019 is Sunday, October 27th. Starts the 25th, ends on the 29th. Uh, in 2020, it's the 14th of November. 2021, the 4th of November then 2022 back to october so i mean this starts on november the 8th so yeah no it's still yeah and, and it's not going to be for a day is it no it'd be it'd be until early jan yeah so no that that seems really weird i mean look i think because <coughs> I, I i um when we used to learn about religion in schools uh, you know, I don't. I don't think they do it in America. I'm sure they must do, but like we have RE lessons in in England in most schools, so we learn about things like Diwali and or Diwali and uh, Ramadan and um, Hanukkah, and I think it's good to understand the different traditions that people do and everything like that. But feels like it belongs in Epcot. Yeah, yeah. If anything, yeah. Holidays around the world. Yeah. But, but to just just do them, you know, I suppose because, like, Diwali's, like, the, the big Hindu festival, like, the big celebration in, in the way that Christians do Christmas, doesn't mean that we should just put them together at the same time because that's when you can fit it in. Like, if you're going to do it, do it when it's, you know, celebrate it when it's there. Yeah, I agree. When it's actually happening, not, oh, well, we're doing something for Christmas, so let's just do something for some other people. Like, that's, that doesn't work yeah. for me. But I do like the idea of Christmas in Discovery Island. I think that will be pretty cool to see. Yeah, yeah. There, there's some interesting concepts there, but just just seems to fall apart. Pan- Pandora, Africa, and and uh, uh, Asia did not make sense. No. Well, that was that was it for me. No, that, that's that's fine. Well, um, this first segment has lasted almost as long as a normal Diz After Dark episode. I'm almost tempted to to put this into part two. But uh, regardless, we're going to now crack on with uh, the Disney news from outside the parks. The Diz After Dark General News is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com. 
the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. For all things Halloween Horror Nights at both Hollywood and Orlando, visit hhnunofficial.com. So, I'm going to kick things off um, because I have been taking a look at the, the box office this weekend. Saw a big release on Disney in Aladdin. A film that we might have mentioned once or twice on this podcast. And some other podcasts that I'm on as well. Um, now, I can't remember what the figure was that I gave out last week or on a recent episode about how much I thought Aladdin was actually going to do its opening weekend. But it's looking... We haven't got final numbers yet because they haven't released them. It's Memorial Day weekend, as we said at the moment. Um but it looks like it's going to do 85 million for the three day and 100 million for the four day weekend. Now, I think I predicted about half that, if not less. So I think this has been a much bigger hit than we was expecting it to be. I think so, yeah. Now, I think I'm the only one on this podcast that's seen it. Yeah, yeah. I, I've not seen it, no. Okay. Now, again, I've been... Well, we've all been quite vocal about how we felt about this. I think the, the trailers have been pretty shocking. Um, and we've not really liked the footage that's come out. We've been talking a lot about this in the, in the kind of group chat. I went to see this because I do this podcast. And Pop After Dark, where I normally do my reviews of, of said films. So I felt duty-bound to go and see Aladdin when it came out and because in the UK we've had the secret life of pets Two come out this weekend as well. And rocket man been a very busy weekend in the UK. So Aladdin came out on the Wednesday in the UK. And that meant by Friday, they weren't showing it in 3d anymore because I gave the 3d screens up for the secret life of pets Two. So I had to go and see Aladdin on the Thursday if I wanted to see it in 3d. And my, when I go and see a film that I don't really want to see, if it's in a premium format, I'll go and see it in that premium format because it's very likely I'm never going to watch that film again. So I did go and see Aladdin in 3D on Thursday. And amazingly, it's probably my favourite Disney live-action remake that they've made so far. By quite a bit. To the point where I'm probably going to go and see it again this week. Wow. Yeah. And I think it, no one is more surprised than me at that. Yeah, I think if it hadn't been for the fact that, uh, obviously, my wedding is, is like four days away now. Um, stop showing off. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from the two people that are already married. Yeah, yeah we should be warning him off, if anything. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I think if it hadn't been for that, we probably would have gone to see it this weekend. Um, and I think based on your thoughts, I know we've obviously had the group chat. Um, I probably will go and see it. I'm just not sure quite when. Um, but yeah, I will go and see it at some point. But but my priority is is, is John Wick. Uh, and it should be. If, if I'm completely honest, I haven't seen both, then yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, look, I mean... What I will say, I, I'm going to do a review of this properly on Pop After Dark with Ben because Ben has also seen it. He, I had to force him to go and see that film so we could talk about it. He he really didn't want to go and see it at all. 
So I kind of know a little bit of, of how he feels about it. He wasn't quite as glowing as I was, but I think he actually enjoyed it as well. Um, and it could just be my expectations going into this film were so low that it's really heightened my feeling towards it. But it just wasn't really what I was expecting. Um, and look, I mean, I think the, the the thing for a lot of people was they loved the original cartoon and Robin Williams was so iconic as the genie that it's very hard to to replicate that. Now, I've seen the the not the Broadway version, but the like the London theatre version of Aladdin. It was the UK version of the Broadway cast you or whatever. You didn't like, did you? And I, I hated it. You liked yeah, it, did you? Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. Okay. Um, but, you know, again, with, with those stage productions and even the ones on Disney cruise ships and even the ones that are done in uh, Disney parks, the genie's not the same genie from the cartoon because you can't really replicate that in real life. Will Smith's take on the genie is arguably more like Robin Williams, in my opinion, than the Broadway show, but is still nothing like Robin Williams. I, I don't really know how else to describe it like that, but I found it more like the cartoon than the stage version, at least. But it's a completely different role. And I think in a way that's good because Will Smith trying to do Robin Williams wouldn't have worked. Anyone trying to do Robin Williams isn't going to work. No, absolutely. So I think you need to make it your own. Um, there's one new song in the film, which I didn't mind. Um, I can't say I liked, but when you looked at the, the new songs they've added in some of the other live action films, it didn't stand out quite as much as some of those other ones. And that could be because it was written um, by uh, Alan, Alan Makin and the uh, the two blokes on The Greatest Showman, Benji and Paul or whatever their names are. So, which I know, I know is a film that Ryan loves. So, uh, you know, the song was fine. Um, the original songs from the, the cartoon are, are, are there in, in different forms. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought it was really good. And it was, I said, for me, it just felt like the, the, the best live action, adaption, live action adaption of an animated film that I've seen in this kind of new run of Disney things. I really like The Jungle Book, but you know there's a big argument i agree with ryan that is the jungle book really a live action remake because there's one real life actor in it yeah it's just cgi isn't it yeah so i i I definitely understand that um yeah so i i thought it'd be you know, we we couldn't really not talk about how big it is, and also actually the other thing is that it's uh, it's got an A minus audience score as well, which I think means it might have some legs. I think it's going to be a lot of strong word of mouth. In fact, what well, surprise? Honest, sorry, Ryan. No, sorry. I was just saying, if it, to be honest, if it wasn't for your reviewing it before this in the group chat, I wouldn't have even considered seeing it. No. So no. Um, and the, the weird thing, well, not the weird thing, but, you know, having seen people across 
you know, different Facebook groups and stuff like that, and even my own wall, um, going to see it, the general consensus seems to be that it's it's really enjoyable. Yeah, I've seen it as well. Even, uh, I mean, Diz Twitter is usually critical of everything, and yeah. I've seen it all week. People have been saying, it, actually, uh, I thought it was going to be shit, and it's pretty good. And maybe, And maybe that's it. I think maybe because a lot of people had lower expectations, it's really ramped up. Which is yeah, why I want to go and see it again. It, yeah. yeah. Um, but it is probably, I mean, I've not seen the Sherlock Holmes films, but it's probably my favourite Guy Ritchie film since Snatch. That also says a lot about his films since Snatch, to be fair, as well. But uh, but no, very, very uh, impressed, very surprised. And um, it's got a busy few weeks ahead of it now. So Pets 2 is coming out in the uh, 7th of June in America and then uh, Toy Story just a couple of weeks after that. So, um, you know, I think it's going to have to make its money quite quickly, but it's already looking like it's going to uh, smash Dumbo out of the water. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think, to be honest, though, I think it was always going to beat Dumbo. Yeah. It won't beat Lion King, but it will definitely no. beat Dumbo. Um it's actually saying that it could become one of the top five Memorial Day uh, openings of all time once the final numbers are in. Mm. I think the hangover is one of the I'm sure one of the hangover films is, is up there at the moment. Uh, uh... Oh, no, pirates <laughs> So <laughs> So yeah, Pirates Pirates Five came out. Yeah, Pirates of the I oh know it's Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. That was the uh, third. fourth one, third one, third one. Yeah. Um, second uh, doesn't exist to to Ryan, but is Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> <laughs> Three. You know is... that, but just a sneak preview. This this Friday's customer is always weird. Is the Kingdom of the, the Crystal Skull? Oh, beautiful. Useful, cannot wait for that. Um, number three is X Men The Last Stand. Interestingly enough, one of I mean, the they're all, worst. They're all pretty shit films, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, Fast and Furious 6. And... Oh, shit, sequels then. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's actually saying here that Aladdin is the numbers in, in the chart look like they've been updated to 112 million. Yeah. So it looks like that's, that's what it's done for its opening, which will be. Yeah, I mean Disney were projecting eighty-five to hundred for the four day, um, so it smashed that. Uh, Solo last this time last year, one hundred and three million. So there you and that go. was a flop. And that was a flop. Well, that's because it had no legs. Yeah. That's why. But uh, there See, you it go. Trend, it was trending on Friday. Um, <clears throat> Make Solo Two was trending on Twitter for quite a while. It was. Yeah. 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 I still think Disney. Uh, Disney Plus should should go ahead and make one. Oh, absolutely. Everyone wants to see the Obi-Wan Darth Maul fight. Everyone. Exactly. Make it happen. Um, yeah, so I wanted to talk about I wanted to talk about that. Was there has there been anything else uh Disney wise that people have picked up on? Uh I had one little bit of rumour regarding mm. Marvel. Um the introduction of the X-Men. Um, could be coming sooner than we thought. Go on. Uh, the rumour is that um, 
Deadpool will be making an appearance in the third Spider-Man film. Yes, I heard this. God. I mean, that's, I mean it seems a bit odd, doesn't it? It doesn't to me. In the comic books, Com- it doesn't. But no, and I it- think that's their way of kind of aging Peter. Mm. This is what the story has been of him slowly becoming older. Obviously, like you don't know, he's, he's maturing. And I think that will be their way of going, look, he's finally at his full powers. Let's have someone that's a little bit more risque as such. Um, and I think it's just, it's another nice bit of comedic. I think they need to have a comedic film where they can introduce him, where he can kind of look at the screen and, and point something out. And Peter's like, who the hell are you talking to? And I think it would work. Yeah. What's interesting, I think, would be the age rating change between Spider-Man, the the, the first two, and and involving Deadpool without dropping Deadpool's humour. They'd have to increase the age range. Well, I think they can can play on that and beef his swearing out. Mm. Or he 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 tries to swear and it won't let him. Yeah, I could see that working. I, well, look, I mean, look, we, we've seen, you know, last year we saw Deadpool 2 come out, which was uh, a film. And then at Christmas we saw Once Upon a Deadpool, which was the PG-13 censored version of Deadpool 2, which, again, was another film. Um, although with some better in-betweeny bits. So, I mean, you, I mean, you could even see... Two different cuts released. Yeah. You could have a PG thirteen and you could have an R. And and that way, you know, all audiences get to see the Spider Man film. It's just that you'll see, you know, the version that is is more appropriate for that audience. Yeah. And it and it kind of fits with where they've gone, where they've had one of the major stars of the, the MCU make an appearance. So mm. the first one, obviously, Tony Stark. This one, we've got Nick Fury. Um, it would make sense. I think that was the deal that Sony made, was that they'd get access to to some of the major characters in the MCU. And then I can't see Sony going, oh, no, we don't want Deadpool in it. Yeah, you've only got to look at the box office receipts, haven't you, really, yeah. for that. Um, yeah. I mean, I suppose it's not impossible. As you say, from a comic book point of view, it works. There's quite a bit of history there between um, those characters, especially in the the kind of early 90s run. Um, I don't, I just, you know, it might might work. I think I just felt so kind of like blown out after Deadpool 2 that I don't want my beloved Spider-Man franchise. This is by far my favourite Spider-Man franchise and... The second one hasn't even come out yet. Um, and do I want that tarnished with potential Deadpool stench? I don't know. But if you know if Marvel Studios are involved, they know what they're doing. I think they'll be smart yeah. about it. Um, so it, it, it could be, should be fine. Um, I think what's more interesting is the fact that, uh, I think we talked about recently, the, the fact that this you know Dark Phoenix film is uh, looking to open as the lowest rated of the, the X-Men franchise. I don't know why Disney haven't just been those those last two um, 
mutant films off. I don't understand. I suppose they've got to pay people, haven't they? So they might as well try and get some money back. Um, I guess. I think it's just confusing things now. Like it would have made sense, you know, we've bought Fox, we we've chucked these on Disney Plus, but we've bought Fox. As far as we're concerned now, if you see an X-Men character, they're in the MCU. I think I think that's just confusing things a bit. I mean, I, I think once Dark Phoenix is done, I believe all the contracts are up at the end of that film anyway. Yeah. So we're going to see a completely new X-Men cast. Which I think is a shame in a way, because I, I like, I think the current cast largely are actually pretty good. It's just been, it's been the writing that's let it down recently. I think Fassbender as Magneto is, is absolutely brilliant. He, he's Good and he's good in the second and third. Even though I think X Men Apocalypse is awful. Um, Apocalypse, <laughs> Apocalypse. Um, he's turning the first uh, first class film. I can't watch anymore because once I noticed him slipping into his Irish accent <laughs> a lot, I was like, oh, I just can't unhear it. But um, yeah, he's he's good in that role. James McAvoy is good. Um, Nicholas Holt's good. Uh, so Sophie Lawrence just got too big for her boots. Yeah, I think she's. I, she, I, she hasn't been wanting to be there for about ten years. Yeah, yeah, she, pretty she much was since good the, in first the first film. Couple, yeah, but then, uh, and then it's just been like, yeah, I don't know how much you can change his character before. It's yeah. just Jennifer Lawrence. I love the fact and, that and spoilers. Well, is it a spoiler? She dies I mean, in this one. Yeah. I mean, they've put it out in the bloody trailer. Yeah what she's been begging for for years and they finally do in her last appearance. Yeah, right. So in the she trailer. doesn't get out of it. Yeah. Jeez. Um, but yeah, there's, there's been some good casting. I mean, another thing that really confused me was the fact that both Fox and Marvel could use Quicksilver. Well, they couldn't reference that Quicksilver was a mutant in the MCU. Right. Okay. Um, same yeah, as Scarlet Witch. Yeah, the contract states oh, that... Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. They've been X-Men and Avengers. So the contract stated that if they'd been an Avenger, they could still use them. Jeez. Yeah, so the the, the excuse they used that they'd been experimented on with the... um, uh, Was it the test? Was it the Tesseract or was it the... No, it wasn't. It was the Mind Stone, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, And that's how how their powers were generated. Um, Whereas, obviously, in in the comic books, they're mutants. Yeah. Apparently, there's a bit of a retcon going on. There's a book that's coming out um, that claims that they were powers that were laying dormant that were triggered when they were experimented on now rather than... Oh, really? Yeah. So it seems like they are going to go down that route and end up calling them mutants. I mean, that would make sense given that they're now introducing that franchise into the MCU. Yeah. I mean, one Quicksilver was clearly superior to the other Quicksilver. And I don't mean just because they killed that Quicksilver off in one film, just oh, in general. His scenes are, are, are the best in certainly the first couple of movies. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely yeah. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. But like the, some of the best uh, best movie scenes that I've seen in a long, long time. Yeah. They're so well shot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like unlike anything else. Yeah. Clever, creative, um, just just fun. I mean the, the is it Evan Peter? I think he's yeah. the game. 
Um, I mean, I think he's a great actor anyway. I've seen him in quite a few things. Um, in fact, I was just watching a film called American Animals, which uh, if you can get access to, I, I saw it on Amazon Prime, but um, that that was particularly good. Um, he's a good actor anyway, but he makes that character fun. Quicksilver in Age of Ultron just felt like completely pointless. I think that came out the year after Days of Future Past, didn't it? As well. Yeah. So we'd already seen the Fox version of Quicksilver, and then we got the Marvel version of Quicksilver. And I mean, there's no comparison. In fact, if anything, I I, I think I cheered when he got shot <laughs> in Age of Ultron. It was there basically just to cement Scarlet Witch in the in the team, wasn't he? Really, I suppose. That's that's the only reason. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. I bet you didn't see that coming. I'm glad he lasted about as long in that film as Scarlet Witch kept her accent as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, why does she suddenly American? I don't understand. Well, I'm I'm sure it's explained in a throwaway line, but yeah. Oh, it was the right thing to do. In the TV series. Oh yeah. I forgot that's coming out as well, didn't it? Yeah, WandaVision. I still can't yeah. get over it. It's called WandaVision. That's, that's, that's such a bad name. In fact, it was quite funny. The other day I watched um, Godzilla from 2014. Oh. With the two of them in. Yeah, and that, that was it. It was when I, I was I was halfway through watching it and I was like, oh, Playing God. lovers. Yeah, they're brother and sister, weren't they? That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's not bad. I didn't think that film was as bad as people made it out to be. But I had to see it because I'm going to go and see King of the Monsters. You know me. If I know King Kongs are coming, I better go and watch the rest. Um, I can't even remember how we got onto that. Oh, yeah, we were talking about X-Men. Um, yeah, I, I I think that's it. I think once once the new mutants is, is done, they'll announce a new cast. Yeah. I can't see... I, you know, I'd, I'd like them to to keep a few of them but there doesn't seem to be much point in keeping like McAvoy or Fastbender if you're going to replace everyone else no I don't think so it's a shame because I think you know, both of them could do it for another 15, 15 or so years but you know, especially with those characters they, as they age actually they fit more in line with the comic books mm. so it would it would kind of work out quite well but um, let's just hope that the fan, fans petition of Danny DeVito as Wolverine pays off <laughs> It's always been the dream casting, right? Have you seen that? No. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. They did look at him in the 70s. Of course they did. He was small and hairy. Yeah. He was He was their choice. If they could have got it off the ground in the 70s, he would have been Wolverine. God. Can you imagine? How you doing, Bab? <laughs> I mean, I, that... I don't know who that was. But. Is he like half Asian? I don't know. Danny yeah, yeah, yeah. Half Asian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you need to go and see John Wick Free. Um, not because Danny DeVito is in it. Um, oh, there was something else I was going to say then. doesn't matter. I thought it wasn't funny. Like most of the stuff that comes out of my mouth. Um, was there anything from yourself, Ryan, that you'd uh, taken a shine to this week? No, no, no. Nothing for me. No. Anything more from you, P-Dubs? I suppose we need to to address the fact that um, Endgame is now 111, 112 million dollars off. 
well, take off the uh, or, or add to that the the thirty quid that uh, Craig spent on it tonight. <laughs> Sorry, it's a hundred and hundred and five million. Hundred and five point one. I mean, I just can't see it happening now. Um, I think it did. I haven't looked at the the last figures on on the chart for this week, but I did see that it was looking to make around about 15 million, 16.8 million, um, 22 million for the full day in America. Um, so it's, it's done 800 million domestic. Yeah. So only the Force Awakens has earned more domestically. But internationally, it only did 15.3 million. So I just can't see it. I just can't see it reaching it. You have to give it its dues, though, because it's done it on one run, whereas, obviously, well, Avatar hasn't. It's done it on one run. It's done it when it's had lots of competition. Yeah. You know, like, you know, within a month of it coming out, we've had John Wick 3, which was always going to be a big film, not with, the same with kind the of With a sequel announced already. Yep, 2021, bring it on. Um, that's not what it's called, but it should be. Um, obviously, Aladdin has just come out as well. Uh, Rocket Man comes out next week in America, which I don't know, oh, it's different, potentially different audience, but again, it's going to be a, a film that's going to do decent-sized numbers, Secret Life of Pets 2. So it's already getting competition. Avatar had nothing for three months. Until Alice in Wonderland came out, that film had no competition at all. And it was the first big 3D film. So all these things going for it. Um, so I think unless... And it wouldn't surprise me if they do. But unless Disney do some kind of extended cut or just re-release it in general, it won't make the money back. Not, I mean, not if, make the money back, but, but but close that gap. If I was sitting at the top of Disney right now, I would do it just for shits and giggles to see James Cameron's face. And I'd invite him into the office the second it was about to happen as well. <laughs> I'd have it like the, the the money rolling over on the, on a big screen. And be like, oh, James, we're just inviting you in to talk about the Avatar sequels. Uh, we think we might be able to reshuffle some dates to get it out sooner. And then inv- invite him in and be like, oh, don't mind. Oh. And we win. Thanks, James. <laughs> I'd love it to be the case, but I just can't. I think it's slowing down too much now. Unfortunately. It has, yeah. But like you said, I mean, you cannot take this away at all because this is this has happened in four weeks. Avatar did that in about seven months. You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's it's. Uh, it's getting there. Who knows? It could it t- could take a, could get a second wind. Um, when Spider Man comes out, maybe they'll do some double bills. Yeah, never know. Or po- possibly when the next phase starts. Well, yeah, I can definitely see it being re released before the next um, the next phase starts. Because have we got a have we got a date for next year yet? When the first one's coming out? Um, I can't. Yeah, it it's. They're front loading it again, aren't they? They're doing all three, and the oh no, they're only doing two. 
in the first half of the year, right. I believe, if I remember rightly. True. But I'm not sure when. That will give them the chart a chance to bring out some uh, MCU shows on Disney Plus to to the middle of the to the or towards the end of next year to kind of balance it out. I think. And I am led to believe both films for next year are in production now. Allegedly. Allegedly, I can't go into it anymore. No. But um, yeah. Now, speaking about Disney films, did you hear the next... I, I don't know if this is Disney uh, Plus or if this is going to be a, a cinema release, but did you see the news of a live-action Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie being announced? What? Yeah. <laughs> now, look. No, it's going to be Alvin and the Chipmunks, for God's sake. <laughs> Chippendale Rescue Rangers was... Like my jam, I loved Chippendale Rescue Rangers. It was the first Disney cartoon I really kind of got invested in. I used to watch um, Gummy Bears, was the other kind of big one at the time. But Rescue Rangers was before DuckTales and that for me. Like I loved Rescue Rangers, and I still like the the characters from that show now. But even I am scratching my head at this one. Oh, I love Rescue Rangers, but in, in movie form, it's going to look like Arving and the Chipmunks, and it will be shit. I mean, the only thing that's sticking up for it, for me at least a little bit, is that um, the Lonely Islander behind it. Not all of them, but there is some Lonely Island involvement, and I like Lonely Island, so that's a positive. But even with that, it's still, yeah... As you said, Ryan, it could just be having the chipmunks all over again. But uh, I, I thought we couldn't, you know, <laughs> having seen that news, I couldn't not mention it at all. Yeah, that's worrying. Right. It, any other news that people wanted to, to mention this week? No. Oh. Right, in that case, I've just got one little thing that I really feel I need to get off my chest. So the thing that's made me the most angry this week, by far, is whoever runs Disney marketing. Because like I said at the beginning of the last segment, Aladdin is an awful film. So why have we all spent the last six months or so thinking that this is going to be an absolute dumpster fire? Every trailer has made it look awful. Every photo released to the press made it look awful. That clip of Will Smith singing um, Prince Ali the other week that came out looked awful. And look, I can't work out because I wasn't watching the clips like side to side. But when I was in the cinema watching that number, I don't know if they changed the tempo of it or the speed of it, but it did not look and sound as awful as it did in that clip that they released a couple of weeks ago. 
clever way, though, if, it, if the tempo did change slightly, of just going, let's see how people feel about this. Well, that's it. I mean, I, I, when I was watching, I was, I was kind of like gearing myself up. I was like, oh, I know this bit's coming now. Um, and I couldn't work out if they had or not. Um, but just the, the whole marketing for it has been awful. I mean, in, look, in, in some ways, I'm glad that Aladdin has done as well as it's done this week because it's done it, I think, off its own back. I, I didn't really know anyone that was really looking forward to it. Many people were going to go and see it, but no one was like, other than Craig, who loves every film anyway, that was really turning around and going, <coughs> it's not coughing, obviously, but, but you know, we're turning around and saying that, you know, this is not going to be great. You should not be walking into a film thinking it's not going to be great unless you're recording a podcast because you have to talk about it. You know, you should be going to see a film because you want to see it. Yeah. Um, and to me, I just feel the marketing for this film has just been absolutely awful. And I think the merchandise for this film has been absolutely awful. Disney have done that thing they're really good at doing in releasing stuff to remind you of what was good the first time around. So like when Beauty and the Beast came out, I remember Disney Store released a uh, like a Lumiere and a Cogsworth from Beauty and like the new film. So, you know, when you go to Disney Park, you often see those Lumiere um, candlesticks, don't you? Yeah. And a Cogsworth clock. They're really cool, if you like that kind of thing. Um, and you can get them everywhere. And that's from the 1992 film. So why, when the live-action film came out, did they release 500 of these things from the film that you're trying to promote? It's like a limited run. Why are you not trying to, you know, do that kind of synergy thing? All that you got from the live-action Beauty and the Beast, other than, like, dolls, was clothes and handbags and, and all this stuff that had the characters on from the original film. Like, you know, could you walk into Primark without seeing that stupid chip purse for, like, a year after the film had come out? Because everyone had to have one. All that stuff in Primark and places like that, or the chip cup, all those things were from the original film. Yeah. Why are you not setting stuff from the new film? All the stuff I see from Aladdin, other than, as I said, like, some dolls at the Disney store sell, all the stuff is the 1992 cartoon. I don't understand it. It's like they don't want these films to be big hits. Or what they're trying to do is go, look, we've made a new Aladdin film, but it's based off this old cartoon. I, I mean, it could be an element of trying to please both sets of fans as well by saying, oh, look, you know, we know you like all this old merchandise. We've not been selling it for a while. Here it is. Yeah, but with things like Aladdin, like... You can always go into a Disney store and buy a genie cuddly toy. Yeah. Or a Yago or, or whatever. Like, they've, they've not even stuck anything new out. Places like Primark or whatever, which, you know, go through phases of Disney stuff, they're selling stuff they might not have done before. But do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like Disney have found all this new merchandise from the old film. They're just selling the same stuff they've been selling for years. I Almost wanna... passed it off as new. One of the, my biggest pet peeves with Disney in the UK is that the Disney store in the UK is terrible and especially bad for adults. Mm. If, I mean, somebody spotted the other day that they, they, they only just started selling an adult's clothing range in, the, in their stores in the UK. Yep. I mean, that is just insane. Oh, 100%. 
like the website has slowly gotten better over the years. Yeah, I agree. But the and it's it tends to be the like what they refer to as the pop up stores, which I've never seen one pop up. They always seem to stay there forever once they open up. But all of these new concept stores, which don't look like Disney stores, they just look like shops that sell Disney merch. They have so much in the way of adult merchandise compared to what the Disney store did for adults. Yeah. And this was something that I remember we even started a petition that didn't really go anywhere. Um, I think about six months after we started doing this show about trying to get Disney store to do more stuff for adults because there just seemed to be a complete lack of it. So we're seeing it now. We're seeing spirit jumpers. I mean, Ryan, I'm sure you've seen that stitch one. Yeah. I have, it's yeah. It's just slightly too, even for me, slightly too girly. It's, it's a shame, yeah, because it, it's just a little bit too much. Yeah. I mean, it says it's unisex, but it really is. It, it, I struggled to pull that off, um, said the actor to the bishop. Um, but we are getting we are getting more stuff at last, um, which, is, which is a good thing. But I just cannot understand this this weird way they market. I mean, honestly, I, I think when the Lion King comes out, we'll see a couple of plush toys from this new film in the, in the slightly new style of this film. And then we're going to see a load of old toot from the cartoon. Yeah. And that will be your merchandise for this live action film. Just, just madness. Just cannot fathom it at all. And look, we've, we've talked about Lion King. Like, I'm excited to see The Lion King because of liking the original cartoon. And I think how they've made it look, looks great. But am I expecting the actual finished film to be that great? Not not really. Even after seeing Aladdin and feeling the way that I did before about Aladdin, I can't say this looks inspiring. I really well, I mean, like, Lion King, I think... It, it, for me, is is even closer to home than, than Aladdin, and I think it, it really just—it's just—it just—it looks disappointingly shot for shot, and maybe it won't be, and maybe it's the Disney marketing again that have just got it. They've they've aired too much on the side of trying to get people behind the movie by showing them scenes that people recognise. Yeah, but, it's the greatest hits kind of theory, isn't it? But the first trailer makes total sense to do that. Second trailer, maybe a little bit of that, but then every single trailer we've seen has been like word for word, shot for shot. Do you remember that shot? Do you remember that shot? Do you remember that yeah, shot? You like that just shot? Like, just show us, just show us a scene that's not in the original, and yeah. I think I'd be a bit more behind it. I will, I will say, I think that's what I've liked. I liked with Aladdin, is that obviously there are bits there that follow the same kind of beat, but. It's quite varied compared to the original. That's good, and that's what I yeah. want from these remakes. Yeah, that's why like didn't feel too comfortable, and that's what surprised me about it. And I think that's why I probably enjoyed it a bit more because that's even easier to separate the animated from the live action. I mean, Dumbo did a good. If you want to look at it like that, Dumbo did a good job of that because Dumbo, the live action film, was almost nothing like Dumbo the cartoon, other than the fact it had an elephant that flew. The story was completely different, but it didn't also, it still felt a bit odd. And that's yeah. probably why that didn't work as well. But yeah, I just, I, I can't understand why Marvel can get this so right every time. And even Lucasfilm 
can get this right. They can get you excited for a Star Wars film. Even after, you know, how, how you know, Solo did at the box office. They can still get you excited for a Star Wars film. But Disney marketing just don't mm. seem to get it. Like, the Toy Story trailers, I just saw another one uh, when I went to see uh, Pets 2 yesterday. There was an, uh, another new Toy Story 4 trailer. This must be about the fourth or fifth one that I've seen now. And I'm seeing Toy Story 4 not based on like, any of those trailers. I'm seeing it because it's a sequel to Toy Story. Yeah, I have to admit, um, I have not been a fan of trailers. I've shown every trailer to Donna as well. Uh, we're both massive Toy Story fans, and both of us have gone, eh. And the fact that you know Keanu Reeves is in it, playing that um, that that kind of like um, danger. I can't remember his name. He's like basically like a stunt toy, isn't he? Oh, Duke Kaboom. That's Duke the Kaboom. one. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, that's Keanu Reeves, and Donna's like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, we're definitely gonna have to see it then. And that's got us more excited for the film than the trailer. I even though I knew I knew he voiced Duke Kaboom, I was like, blimey, that doesn't sound like Keanu Reeves. Yeah, he's done it well. Yeah, I, I didn't. It didn't like. It didn't um, remind me of him at all. Maybe it's because I've just seen John Wick. I don't. <laughs> maybe it's got something to do with that. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a good voice, and I like the way he's playing uh, Canada's premier stuntman. Because essentially he is Canada's premier stuntman right now. Yeah. With the John Wick fr- uh, franchise doing all those stunts. Um, but do you know what I mean? Like, they, there's nothing, you know, I'm seeing lots of Toy Story 4 merchandise in the shops, lots of toys anyway. Um, none of the new characters really look impressive to me or I'm interested. Like, I remember when I first saw Lotso Hugging Bear in a shop and I was like, okay, this character's interesting. But I can't say I'm that really taken with any of the new characters. Uh, no, from what I've seen of both people so far, she just seems quite irritating. Yeah. Uh, I hope that she won't be. I'm, I'm sure she won't be, but from the trailers, they're just making it. I don't know what they've done. They're just not making us come across that well at all. I mean, I, I'm only interested in the duck and the bunny because they're voiced by Key and Peele. Yeah. That, that is literally the only reason I'm giving them any time of day. They're voiced by anyone else. I probably would not care one iota about them, but because but it's, it's, it's them. It's weird that Toy Story's got to the point where it's like, you know, it's these big, big name actors that are just kind of dropping in cameos now. And that's kind of what we're getting excited about. Yeah. Rather than the story. Like Donna, at the end of the most recent trailer, which I think came out last week, Donna literally said to me, that looks like a Toy Story film that I've already seen. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I, I, I feel that, especially right. this... Lost Toy goes missing, let's go find Lost Toy. Yeah, this big emphasis on the toy can't go missing because it'll make that you know the owner sad. You know, yeah. we're going to go after that toy. I was like, isn't that Toy Story 1? Yeah. I, I mean, you know what? Maybe that's the intention. Maybe the whole purpose of Toy Story 4 is to almost go completely full circle. But again, if that's what they're trying to do, they're not really doing a good job of making you feel like you should care. It feels no, like history repeating. And at the moment, is it Sporky or whatever his name yeah. is? He's just coming. It's just like a really irritating character that you just couldn't care less about at the minute. And, and I mean, um, again, he's paid. He's voiced by Buster Bluth, uh, Tony Tony Howe. So you, we should all care about yeah. him, but I just don't. No, it's just like, oh no, he's gone missing. It's like, who cares? Uh, if anyone wants to get really depressed, by the way, go to your li- nearest Disney store. Uh, pick up one of the Woody or Buzz or Jesse dolls 
um, and just check the foot where it now says Bonnie instead of Andy. You're welcome. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. I don't know that why. Makes you feel old. Yeah, I don't know why you know, I should be surprised or upset because it's a nice that's obvious. Touch, really. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think all the toys up the kids have got. I think they're all Andy toys because when we or when they were first born, like actually they should have been Bonnie toys, but I'm pretty sure they were still doing selling Andy ones. But yeah, I don't. I think they only transitioned it over recently. Okay. I don't think they transitioned it for Toy Story 3. Poor, poor Bonnie. I mean, she's owned those toys now for 10 years and only just now are Disney giving her uh, her dues on that. <laughs> I hope she wasn't getting royalties. Um, but yeah, so Disney marketing, just sort yourselves out. Drive me nuts. You know, I, I know I'm not, <laughs> I know you're doing something right because your film's making a shit ton of money for the most part, but just, just make people want to see them. In general, there will be at least one more flop this year, and I just I can't decide what it's going to be. I've got a feeling it's probably going to be Maleficent, but yeah, you you've got lucky with Aladdin. You've got lucky. You've got lucky that people just went to see it anyway. But it's going to come bite you in the ass. I'm telling you. Yeah, I will do it at some point for sure. Right. Um. Did it, was everyone else okay? Was you know. Was it just me that was just a bit nuts this week? Everyone else is cool and calm and collective. I'm not cool, calm, or or collected, but that's not got nothing to do with Disney this week. Okay. Well, on that note, then I suppose rather than give you the correct advice, uh, instead, uh, myself and P Dubs and the rest of the team should wish you good luck on Saturday. Yes, thank you. Uh, not tell you that it's a huge mistake. Um, not tell you it's the worst decision you'll ever do. Um, but no, it, you know, all jokes aside, um, good luck to you on, on Saturday. If you haven't read between the lines of this whole episode, Ryan is uh, finally getting married. How long have you two been together now? It'll be 12 years on Saturday when we get Jesus, married. Jesus, come on, man. Too long. Yeah. I know. You're lucky to. she's waited for you. Um, but no, I know, um, I know you've been busy prepping away for quite a while on this now and, um, good luck to you. Are you, um, you get married locally or? Yes, we are. It's a, it's only kind of a short walk from, um, from our place. So it's, uh, um, we're not seeing each other Friday night, um, yep. but I'm, I'm staying here. So I, I get the pleasure of just walking two minutes down the road <laughs> to the seafront. So I fingers crossed the weather's good. Yes, yes, that's that's always worry. But we've had some good weather work recently, so I'm sure it'd be good for you. And uh, somebody got married down the roads. Only got married in Brighton. Um, we were very lucky to weather on the beach. So fingers crossed, you'll get similar this week. And um, no, just best wishes to the both of you. Yeah, thanks, man. And uh, then we've got to meet up next week. We have indeed. And for those that follow us on the Facebook page, there has been an event created by Craig, I think. Yeah. On that. So um, we are meeting in the same pub we met in last year. We all come into near enough the same train station in in central London. So there's a small pub near there. We're going to meet there. We're going to at least have the first few beers there. We will 
uh, post when we're moving to a new pub for those that want to join. Um, but that is where we're going to start off our journey. Uh, we did record a podcast last year. P-Dubs, you were there. Yeah. How bad was that podcast? It was chaos. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it was so bad, it only ever got released to our Patreons because we said some things that we probably shouldn't have said publicly. So we didn't release it publicly. We only released it to our Patreon. So um, there is that highlight possibly to come. I might have to play a bit of a Des role this year just to try and stop it going quite as bad as it did last year. Um, but it will be just nice to see people. So if anyone wants to join us, details are on the Facebook page. Uh, 7th of June is the day that we are meeting um come and meet us at king's cross and uh yeah we'll, we'll go from there it's good i think there's gonna be quite a few because it's disaster dark uh customers always weird obviously being represented as well and i think a few of the other sister podcasts of the after dark network are making appearances so yeah come and join us if that's your bag or you live in england i mean if you live in america just wait till september far too far to travel just to meet us so yeah, wait to see us in September. That's an awful big pause there. That was an awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryan, P-Dubs, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, dear listener. If you don't already, like, subscribe, and uh, we're back with another Disaster Dark in a couple of weeks. Bye. Cheerio. I'm definitely not cussing that silence out. <laughs> I want to see if anyone stays put to the end. Why? Because we like you. Kick it! Can't get enough, can't get enough. He's the one, two, three. Mania. Never gonna Mania. He's really a nice mouse. He sure is. Now hold on, move it. Never to prove it. Give it a rock. A house with a mouse. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.